and that's the world you live in. Hey everyone, you're here with Casey and Chloe, and you're listening to The Zoo Report. We're here to discuss all things UMass, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you have stories you want shared, message us on Instagram at thezooreport underscore or on Twitter at report underscore zoo, and we'll dish it out anonymously. For our Cloudiest Couples review, last week we started on our brand new segment called Cloudiest Couples. And on TV. And pit eight sets of couples against each other in hopes of finding out who had the most clout. Here's a cap recap of our results. So for number one, we had Damon and Elena from da- Vampire Diaries, and they beat over Styles and Lydia from Teen Wolf. Then we have Shanice and Luke over Paige and Finn. They're both from Love Island. Season six. Cece and Schmidt over Nick and Jess from New Girl. Um, and Barney and Robin won over Ted and Robin from How I Met Your Mother. So those were what me and Chloe decided as experts, obviously. Um, so then after we had the winners, we came to our decisions and we rated the winning four couples. Damon and Elena won. Then Shanice and Luke were runners up for second place, followed by Cece and Schmidt. And unfortunately, we did have to put Barney and Robin last. That doesn't mean we don't love them. It's just, you know, how the cookie crumbles. And after our last episode aired, we took to Instagram to ask the fans what they thought. And the results were a little shocking. Um, So we had the fans said Damon and Elena over Styles and Lydia, of course. Shanice and Luke over Paige and Finn. Interesting. Thought this was our hot take. Didn't know it was going to be university. You know what I was thinking, though? I think that I I think that people that didn't watch these shows just did it off like pure image. And I think the photos I chose of Luke and Shanice, not on purpose, but like I think they were cuter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we had Nick and Jess over Cece and Schmidt. This was expected. But I also think that the picture of Nick and Jess was better because I voted for Nick and Jess. Yeah. Based off the photo because it was a really good one. Chloe swamp teams, which is technically not allowed, but will let it slide. I feel like I feel like it, I could be persuaded. The thing way. is, is I knew Cece and Schmidt was like uncommon. I knew Nick and Jess were gonna win. Um, that wasn't what shocked me about these results. Um, Ted and Robin were chosen over Barney and Robin, which I feel like a lot of you guys did not watch How I Met Your Mother, because if you did watch How I Met Your Mother, I think the ending would have irritated you so much that you would refuse to pick Ted and Robin. Yeah. I mean, Barney made the whole playbook. The Robin. How could you not? And Ted was happy with someone else, so it makes more sense. And the only reason he ended up with Robin was because his wife died. If his wife never died. Sorry. Wicked spoilers. With Robin because she didn't want children. And that was like an in like. An entire part yeah. of his life. Um, so then after everybody picked, I, I I put the four up on the story and people, I did it based off of how many votes each couple got. So couple with the most votes, number one and so on. Right. So this is what shocked me, though. And I guess if I think about it, it's it's not actually shocking. But 35 people voted for Nick and Jess. And I just feel like out of all the couples, they had the least amount of screen time as a couple. Out of how? how many votes do you this is no i mean it's just these are how many people voted 35 for nick and jess followed by 14 for damon and elena which is so irritating to me i feel like damon and elena deserve better but whatever i just think that new girl overall is a much more popular tv show than the vampire diaries vampire diaries is like a select fandom that's just like rabbit. true yeah new girl is like the type of show where it's like not a fandom it's like people would it's watch just, it like yeah very funny um eight votes for luke and shanice which I knew that they would have less votes. I expected them to be three or four. Two measly votes for Ted and Robin. And one of them was my dad. That also is a slightly older show. 
yeah in some true. ways so i feel like people don't watch it as much anymore well you should i love how i met your mother it's really good um so yeah those were our results so basically the fans ag- disagreed they agreed on damon and elena over styles and lydia and shanice and luke over page disagreed on our new girl and how i met your mother topics and their ratings were just but that makes sense because those the only ones one were, we got in common on ratings were ted and robin those ones were more hot takes than the other two true we do have hot takes because all we do is sit and talk about this um all right so chloe you want to get us into some upcoming events this week so first up we've got for sweat for clean water 6k i don't know why it's not a 5k but you know maybe we'll find out you'll find out um from october 23rd to the 26th umass engineers without borders will be hosting a sweat for clean water 6k race to show how far women travel to get clean water in african countries that does make sense that clears them up on average these women travel six kilometers over 3.7 miles and carry up to 20 liters of water just over five gallons i could not um, Dr. Nick Tooker will be carrying one liter of water for every $100 donated. He said he will carry up to 20 liters in this run while live streaming it on the EWB UMass Instagram on Monday. That's incredibly impressive. Yeah, that is. I wonder if he's like a fitness dude. Do you think we walk it? We could definitely walk we it. We could walk it. 3.7. Yeah. We should. Chloe and I will be walking it we'll and we'll post there. about it. Yeah. If you would ever like to meet well, us in it's, person. It's wherever your area is because COVID. Read the, finish oh, reading. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm jumping ahead. But, uh, the proceeds will go towards the Ghana and Kenya projects within the UMass Amherst chapter. Uh, and a reminder that this is a virtual event. See, I'm getting ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so run your 6K wherever you are, and you can post pictures tagging the UMass branch of the EWB while complying to COVID-19 rules. I would just like to emphasize that you can walk it. So this is tomorrow, or, yeah, this is, well, it's from Friday, October 23rd, which is when this episode is airing, to the 26th. So... Perhaps this weekend, um, Chloe and I will post on our Instagram. Maybe we can like do a, what's it called? Go live on Instagram live and do stream? it. Live stream. Yes. Yeah. That's what Let's that's what that. Nick Tooker is doing. Oh, I don't want to take away his clout. So I don't want to distract him. We are from pretty the famous. Fans. All right. So that is amazing. I think that that is a very interesting way to um, get people to donate to the Ghana and Kenya projects. Whoever came up with that idea, shout out to you. Smart. Um, second, the this is. Oh, this is very interesting. When I saw when I was researching upcoming events, I was really hyped for people about this. A little bit sad for myself, but the study abroad and student exchange, um, that is still a thing, I guess. So listen up. You are able to go abroad. On October 28th, there will be a free Zoom meeting that will discuss the possibilities and design of study abroad for the the website didn't have a ton of information, so definitely go to this meeting. Um, but it's for when I assume to be spring 2021 and then, you know, following semesters. Um, but don't quote me on that. Um, go to the meeting for further information. As always, a link with the meeting information will be at the bottom of our page. So definitely check that out. Also, if you do check this out and you're able to go to study abroad, I highly recommend going to Barcelona. It's in a little country known as Spain. I wonder um, if they're going to limit the amount of countries you can go to, though, because probably it's Spain gonna... and Italy are still hotspots. So maybe they're just taking away certain uh. programs. And doing it like more limited places like the Turks and Caicos, which probably doesn't have a huge outbreak. Or like the Galapagos. Yeah, but you don't want to bring it there either. That'd be bad. But you could do domestic change in Hawaii. That'd be cool. Yeah. So maybe, it, I don't know the logistics it, of it. But yeah, you gotta, and this is also like, it is during a pandemic, so I know that they're probably setting up like a very nice way to like make people safe, but make sure you're comfortable with that. Okay. Take us home, Chloe. Take the Mic is a public speaking event on October 29th. Uh, Take the Mic founder Ayana 
uh, Crawford will host a public speaking program focusing on building self-esteem, empowerment, and speech performances. This event is being sponsored by the Women of Color Leadership Network, UMass Women into Leadership, and She Is Goals. It will be from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., and information will be linked below. So, ladies, definitely check this out. It looks super helpful and positive. This That actually, I did do a little bit more digging um, after I was done getting the info, and it actually it does look very intriguing. Um, the three... Obviously, those three groups are like heavy on women leadership and women empowerment, which we love, obviously. But um, yeah, the Ayanna Crawford, she is like the founder of Take the Mic, a public speaking event. And I think that she basically just like leads this event. I could be wrong about this, but this is what I got from the page. She basically leads the event and like gives tips and examples on how as a woman to like present yourself because you know how like leader women leaders like hillary clinton was called a uh, b-word yeah. all the time even though she was doing the same thing a man it's like basically tips and tricks to like be powerful and be a leader and like have your stance without like men being like oh she's being a b-word which sucks that you have to do that but i think that that would be really helpful because you know men hate any woman that is like I'm in power. Um, so for guests this week, we have Dan Dimitrov. He is a grad student and a also member of the European Union. Coincidentally, where his family is right now. Um, so Dan, would you like to introduce yourself? The mic is super sweaty, so have fun with that. <laughs> um, hi, yeah, I'm Dan Dimitrov. I go to UMass Amherst. I'm currently doing my graduate degree in uh, sustainable building systems, which is in the School of Environmental Conservation. Uh, it's a one-year program, so I'll be done after this year. And, um, yeah, my family lives in Brussels, Belgium. Ooh, so... Did anyone ever tell you you have a voice for radio? <laughs> He's got a face for it. <laughs> no. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Tell us a little bit more about your major, because you only did three, three years. years. Yeah, and after this year, you'll be, like, just done with school and in four years, you'll have completed an undergrad and a master's. So why don't you tell us how that is accessible? Because that sounds like a sweet deal. Um, well, it's kind of similar to any other major in the sense that it's a four-year undergrad degree. Um, I just had a lot of AP credit from high school, so I was able to take out a lot of gen eds. Um, and due to that, I could have skipped one year because I didn't have to take, like for example, like freshman English, freshman math, whatever it may be. Um, so that's why I'm graduate. I graduated in three years, basically just because I had I had the credits and I just took a couple extra class, classes, a couple semesters, and it worked out. Um, and then the reason I can graduate with the master's in four years is just because the master's program is one year. So it just works out um, that it happens to be in four years. Wow. Look at you. That's like, he's like going to be off into the world and he... Oh, I guess we're gonna be off into the world. Yeah, we here. basically are all off in the world at the same time. It just he just has more you have more degrees stats. at the end. Um, so give us a little bit of info about being a grad student at UMass. Obviously, Chloe and I are undergrads. We've only ever in- interviewed undergrads. I don't think I ever, until I met you, thought about a possibility of interviewing a grad student. I don't know why I always feel like they're just like. Well, we didn't know any grads. Yeah, students they're just either. like in another world or, yeah. to me. Um, so yeah, give us a little rundown about what a UMass grad student is. Is it how it's different, how it's similar? Um, well, it's definitely harder from my experience, um, because I'm in a one year program and all levels, I think across the graduate school at UMass, you have to take, um, minimum 500 level classes, so 500 and above. Um, so obviously it's going to get, it's going to get harder, but so I'm doing a lot more work than I had in my undergrad and definitely, 
Um, it definitely shows like I'm a lot more busy, but at the end of the day, I'm also learning way more than I did undergrad. It, it seems like it's way more um, specific to like what you want to do. So um, it tailors to exactly what you're interested in. So it's definitely better. And then like in relation to, I don't know any other grad students either. I only know people in my major and I don't even know them because I was like friends with them. I just know them because they're in my major and I do like projects with them. But um, most, most of the other people in my major are uh, a bit older than me. So they probably worked for a few years or did something and then went back to grad school. So that's kind of why people don't know grad students, I feel like. I do feel like grad students are like less, like they don't live on campus. They are like older. Yeah, I think most people like take a break from school and go back unless you're in kind of this accelerated program where it makes sense because then you're still graduating with a four-year degree yeah, and like doing two at once. Um, but what are your plans for after graduation? Um, I don't really know yet. I'm kind of in a similar boat to everyone that is, is seniors right now. Cause some of my friends are still seniors. So like I am like interviewing with companies or at least trying to, um, and then just trying to get into some kind of sustainable energy program. So for example, like something that focuses on like retrofitting buildings, like passive energy and passive design. So something more about, uh, sustainability rather than like the general route that a construction person would take, which would go into like general contracting. I'm still very interested in that. So I'm still looking at opportunities for that, but um, definitely trying to use my degree and get something related to clean energy and sustainable development in communities. So that's definitely what I'm trying to do. You're doing God's work, sustainable energy. We definitely need it. We have like what, seven years? Seven years before climate change is completely irreversible. And Dimitrov will fix it for us. We're Are we already running out of, like, we've already ran out of certain natural resources, yeah. right, at this point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. For sure. 100%. Okay. That, I just do we know at that. <laughs> I think so, but I just also, feel like it would make more real. No, I'm 100% positive. <laughs> um, okay, so ending our grad student chat, um, we'll get into your family after, but what recommendations do you have for you know, incoming freshmen or freshmen now um, regarding your major, also keeping in mind COVID and like m- not having access to a lot of the on-campus I guess with that resources. question, any advice you wish you were told as a freshman too? Oh, double hitter. Yeah. Um, Intense. I guess if I was a freshman on like not related exactly to my major, but like to freshmen as a whole, just make sure you know what classes you have to take and when you have to take them because if you're in like an engineering degree or something more technical there's often classes you have to take in sequence so make sure you know what you're doing so that you don't end up having to do like an extra year or like one semester with way more credits or whatever that may be and then if you're planning on doing anything like graduating early or anything similar to that make sure you you're on top of your your game and you know exactly what what you're trying to do and how the credits line up so like work with your advisors you have so many resources and just work with them because you pay so much to go to UMass, you might as well take advantage of True, everything. True, they owe you. Yeah, you literally, they owe you way more. You've yeah. already paid your freaking way. I just can't picture anything worse than thinking you're going to graduate and realizing you have like one missing credit or something and then just getting like a blank Absolutely diploma. Not. I will say though, planning is definitely key. Like even in terms of like, like I overloaded on credits one semester so that specifically so that when I went abroad, I could just like That's mess around. Thing, you don't really know what credits you're going to get abroad until you're there. So, so make sure you plan accordingly for yeah. that too. And then think about what you want your senior year to look like too cuz like you don't want to be overloaded senior year No, like absolutely not. And this is something I think we not to take over Dan's interview, but <laughs> I think this is something we didn't realize is um I'm going to say this for all of my 
um, roommates in the communication slash journalism um, slash Spanish majors. Um, that you may you only be taking three or four classes, but they're going to be so much more work than you've had before. And I think when like upon planning for senior year, I didn't take that into account. I was like, oh, I'm just like I'm very like type A. So I feel like I was like, oh, I'll just do my homework. But like you don't have as many classes as you might have had in other years, but it's still not chill. So if you could do three classes, I feel like you really should. Or you could just be like me and feel panicked until the hour before everything's due and then figure it out. <laughs> All right. Spicy. (laughs) Spice up your life. Um, So Dan is in a very interesting um, scenario right now. So you are Bulgarian, right? Yes, I'm Bulgarian. Okay. So, but your family, they're living in Belgium, in Brussels right now, right? Yes. My family, as in just my parents and my sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Your immediate family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... How did they, like, have they always lived in Belgium? Did they live in Bulgaria, U.S.? Like, where, what does that look like, and how did they end up there? So, my parents grew up in Bulgaria until they were, like, 20-something, and they moved to the United States uh, in their early 20s, so kind of right after college, and they lived here for 18 years, so basically from when I was born until I went to college, and um, I'd, we'd go back to Bulgaria, like, every year, basically spend my whole summers there. So um, they stayed in tune with everything and my whole family back there. But then as soon as me and my sister graduated, they were inclined to go back to Europe. Number one, for like the lifestyle. Number two, because like my grandparents, they wanted to be closer to them and family and all that. So, yeah, that's where they decided to do that. And they ended up in Brussels because it worked out with like my mom's office. She had like a direct office there. So they, they, they moved there and they love it. They have zero regrets. Uh, so. so how is that looking in the age of COVID right now? I mean, like. When's the last time you saw them? Um, I haven't seen them in like a year. Oh, gosh. But um, that's only because of COVID. Like, I usually go back way more often. Um, but yeah, that's just because of COVID. But like, the situation there is the same as it is here. Like, honestly, in America, it's worse. So, I think America is worse in a lot of places. Yeah, right yeah. America's pretty bad COVID wise. But um, other than that, Brussels is pretty similar. Like, they still have COVID. Like, it's still an issue. <laughs> I feel like America, just like, I know it's a country and like, yeah, I do. But we have states and I feel like it's so like different. It's also massive. It's, it is one government, but then it's like also all these sub governments that get to like make their own rules and like people are like, you can't tell me what to do. And it's like, okay, but it's when become you draw a the line, very politicized you? issue to wear yeah. masks in only in America in terms of containing COVID. Um, there is an interesting article about that on the wire by um, a little chloe lindahl called masking the issue that's c-h-l-o-e um where she talks about why it's become such a politicized issue actually so if you're into that that is an option right um so dan (laughs) i also am jealous of your parents for escaping the political turmoil i feel like that we're going through right now so you're a dual citizen right uh yeah i've been like i'm a dual (laughs) i'm a dual citizen with um with my bulgarian I guess, identity. So I have a Bulgarian passport, which is just an EU passport. So do you think about, would you ever switch that to dual? Like, do you think your parents are going to long-term stay in Belgium? Um, I really don't know. Like, I don't know what they're planning to do. I, I know they really like it now. So we'll see. We'll see what they're And what is. was the reasoning behind Brussels and not Bulgaria? Um, or anywhere else? Mostly just for jobs. Like, my parents are still young, so they're still working. So um, my mom had an office in Brussels. So she could just directly transfer. So it worked out nicely for her. And um, that that's basically it. Honestly, that's why I did that. What is the best part about Brussels that you visited so far? Um, the best part about Brussels? Um, I don't know. I just love the city. I just like the energy of the city. It's it's a great city. It's super like, 
artsy and like movable i guess it's easy to get around and it's just like i think it's great i think it's great is it somewhere that you would consider moving to after graduation i mean yeah i haven't thought that far ahead honestly but yeah yeah i would probably be on the career (laughs) (laughs) if you had to pick your future right now map it out um so yeah that was kind of the next question is where would you want to end up with your job but you have to figure it out first i feel like yeah no honestly i have no idea we'll see what happens I mean, you are at liberty, though. I know, obviously, COVID, pandemic, like, health is a concern. But you you are allowed to go to Europe because you have dual citizenship. Yeah, right? yeah. I could theoretically go to Europe now if I wanted to. But... So do you have plans to visit your family in the near future? Yeah, I'm going to go see them for Christmas break. That'll be exciting. What's that little, like, Brussels, Belgium thing, that, like, dessert thing? It's like the wafer cookie chocolate stuff, <laughs> all my favorite stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? Just Belgian waffles? Maybe. Wait. <laughs> I mean, that's super famous. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to hit you with one last question. I am sure you get this question a lot, but can you speak Bulgarian? Yes, I can speak Bulgarian fluently. I kind of grew up with the language, so. All right, well, thank you, Dan. Any departing words? Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on and sharing your graduate school experience. Um, one step closer to the real world. It's very scary. All right, shout out Dan. Struffles, by the way. I figured it out. What was it? Struffles. Oh, it is like a wafer. It's like a street waffle, right? Sort of. Okay, anyways, we are going to get into our last segment, our favorite new segment. You know the drill by now, but for a short recap, each of us has chosen two sets of couples to decide which has the most clout. Um, We chose our sets in secret, so we don't know who the other is going to pitch, um we will be up on instagram as a recap as we did this week um so chloe you can take that away all right so my first one is scott disick and courtney kardashian versus kim and kanye oh the scott and courtney really i don't even have to think about it first off kanye i know lord disick has his issues and like they had their issues and like they're the only toxic couple that i will be like please get back together and i know that that's wrong and i'm sorry courtney but they did have four children together. Yeah, but Kanye is just crazy. Yeah. And I don't think that he's nice to Kim. At least when Scott and, and they were talking about that Taylor Swift drama, which And we are such I'll Taylor Swift fans. Yeah, we can't for that. So So definitely I'm going Scott and Courtney on that. Um also the pictures of him holding her like a baby or bridal style on the cobblestone when she has heels, that will forever be ingrained in my brain. Um so yeah. I'm gonna I go Courtney Scott. I, I thought that was gonna be people, harder. Though, do not mimic your relationships after them. That is a toxic relationship. But I think they're both toxic. You can grow and mature. Hopefully, though. Yeah. It's just there's so many kids. Okay, sign that off of that though. Okay. Courtney and Scott or Sophia and Scott. Oh, Courtney and Scott. Okay, I just yeah, me too. I just want to make sure we were on the same page about that one. Pedophile pervert move. Okay, she's like 19. She's so, Kylie's age. That's weird. I have a good one. Okay. Daenerys Targaryen and Khal Drogo versus Jon Snow and Egret. Okay, I'm going to go with Jon Snow and Egret because I know that Khal Drogo and Daenerys is spicier. But if you think about it, they started off the relationship by him raping her repeatedly. Um, so I can't support them on that principle alone. So I know they grew to love each other, but it did start off really horrible. Whereas in John and Egret mm-hmm. were more of a consensual um, love story. She started off trying to murder him and he was a prisoner. Spicy, like I said. Okay, here's my, I'm going to go call Drogo and Daenerys. And here's my reasoning. 
I obviously don't condone the rape. And I, in the beginning of their relationship, could never get on Team Call Drogo because I was like, no, you raped her. However, we're talking Game of Thrones. That was what happened back then. So, or back then in the, in the show, that is just what happens. And it's like, I think that Jon Snow was a prisoner and they were going to murder him. Daenerys started off with rape. They both started off in horrifying situations and found love within them. I don't think that's right. And I will make a disclaimer. I think that if you're in a horrifying situation, um, you should be very wary of Stockholm syndrome and you should not fall in love with your abusers if you can help it. But Khal Drogo and Daenerys, like, Jon Snow and Egret, I guess, but, like, there was no spice, really. I get it. I just, on principle, can't I didn't see their Khal chemistry Drogo. and they're married in real life. I didn't see their chemistry and they're married in real life. Come on. I just, I can't get on board with Khal Drogo and I understand the spicy factor of him and but stuff. But you can get on board with Egret, even though she tried murdering him, and after they were in love, still shot an arrow at him. Because he betrayed her. How? She... Because he was a double agent the entire time. And you th- are still going to put that over Daenerys and Khal who did love each other and did not betray each other? They did love each other. He just had to choose. He just chose the wall over her. I that just in my stance. I, I just can't. I can't. OK, well, we have principle. to come to a decision. No, we don't. We can. Yes, just- we do. Because we have to rate them and we need a winner to rate them. OK, fine. I'll freaking give you Jon Snow and Egret, I guess. But that means that if we come across this again, I get to win the next one. Fine. Fine. Okay. We've decided when we can't choose, we rotate who has the win. Chloe got the first win. I get the second win. Okay. Give me your second one. All right. Just to follow the Kardashian theme, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott or Kylie Jenner and Tyga? Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott. Because Stormy is the cutest baby I've ever seen. I know. But and I, I think, think they love each other. really funny. Okay. And I feel like them. But Okay. I have a question for you. To what extent do you know about Kylie and Tyga's relationship? I just feel like they had something there and like she was his, he was his her first love and stuff and like I watched their like them together on the show and they just I don't know she was so excited to see him and she was so young and it was just such a I don't know I liked that that relationship with them together. I'm going to say I uh, I hear you, I see you. But I think Travis Scott because Yes, that like that was Kylie's young love, her first love. But Travis Scott and Kylie was much more mature. It was much more equal. They really supported one another. They were really on the same page. They had a baby together. He was so supportive during her whole pregnancy. He was so there for her. And watching them on the show together with Stormy, even after they broke up, is so freaking cute. I don't know. I just, for me, Travis just like, is constantly stoned, so like you can't really see his personality Tyga as is much. Constantly stoned as well. But have you seen his TikToks? They're hilarious. Yeah, but we're not talking about Tyga. We're talking about Kylie and Tyga, and then Kylie and Travis. I just haven't seen that much of Travis's personality in their relationship, so it's hard for me to understand their feelings for each other when I've only like really, like ever seen him in that one interview with like them. Remember, have you ever seen that interview where he's oh, like damn, super I might, awkward? I might give the Tyga win just because I do know and he doesn't know her middle name. And she's like, uh, I don't know. And she's like, babe, what's my middle name? And it's like super awkward and okay, stuff. Okay, fine. Based off that premise alone, I'll give you Kylie and Tyga. Okay. All right, what's your last one? Cameron and Mitchell from Modern Family versus Claire and Phil from Modern Family. Okay, I'm gonna, I like them both. I'm gonna go with Phil and Claire, which I feel like might be a hot take, only because I get frustrated with Cameron's 
like Im- Im- like dramatic sometimes. I feel like they're. I mean, honestly, Mitchell's dramatics too. They're both very dramatic, and at the end of the day, they're always there for the each other, and like they always clearly love each other a lot and stuff. But Phil is just so pure, and he loves Claire so much. Phil and Claire are the end goal, and they're so polar opposite. They're like a cat and a dog, but they just like it works so well. I just feel like Phil is just like the type of husband. Where, like, you wake up and, like, yes, is he a big baby that you basically have to take care of? Maybe. But he just brightens your day. And, like, that is what I want. You can't. can't. And I just feel like he might be frustrating because he probably forgets to, like, do everything. And he has these whack ideas. But, like, he just, like, is a ray of sunshine. And at the end of the day, he just wants to make Claire smile. And his relationship with his kids is amazing. Them as a family. And I'll, I'll say, as family situations... I don't the family dynamic between Cam and Mitchell and Lily. I mean, the family dynamic, it it doesn't pony up to Phil, Claire and those three kids. I will say that I don't like Lily very much, no. which feels weird to like not like a toddler, but she her character like her entire character was based off this like sassiness factor once she could talk. But it's and, monotone, so and it's, it's like, like not sassy. This like Haley is sassy. Yeah, and she I mean it's not her fault. She never probably meant to be an actor. She was like a baby born into this role and stuff. True. But like you just on principle, like her role is like this sassy, monotone toddler with these like flamboyantly dramatic parents. And it, sometimes it's just like a little bit of an overkill where like the Mitchell's like I mean wait, the Dunfees, the Dunfees yes. are like I don't know, more relatable, I guess. And their characters are almost more believable because their, like, four-year-old isn't, yeah. like, spouting vocabulary that you don't learn until, like, high school at the same time. So. Yeah. I agree. I do love Cameron and Mitchell because they are also polar opposites, and I think that their dynamic is funny. Um, But Phil and Claire are just icons, so I, I got to give them the win. So right now we are at... um, It would be... Could you say first? Oh, we're at Courtney and Scott, and and then Jon Snow and Egret, Mm -hmm. Kylie and Tyga, and Claire and Claire and Phil. Well, I'm gonna go redhead and put Claire and Phil at number one. What's well, give me your your entire ranking, and I'll see what I'll say. Okay, so I'm gonna go Claire and Phil number one, Courtney and Scott number two, um, Kylie and Tyga number three. But I would interchange Courtney and Scott and Kylie and Tyga, and mm, no, I wouldn't. I take that back. And then I would, I think last place is Jon Snow and Egret. That's fair. You never wanted them in the first place. Yeah, and there's just no spice. You know what's funny, though, about them? Side note. In their marriage, there's a lot of spice. In videos I've seen of them together, a lot of spice. But I almost feel like when you're already married, acting together, and you're, like, acting to be these different people, you almost lose the spice because you're used to being, like, your dynamic is with, like, the real versions of each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Okay. What's your ranking? Okay, so I'm going to put Claire and Phil at number one. Yes. Um, And then I'm going to put, I'm going to put John and Negret at number two, which I know is controversial, but I just don't support the Kardashians' relationships that much. That's the only reason. So then I'm going to put Kylie and Tyga at number three. Your morals are getting way too involved. Courtney and Scott at number four, because they clearly didn't work out in the long run. Again. John and Egret tried killing each other, but because Courtney and Scott were toxic. <laughs> like you said, though, it's the world they lived in. Okay, well, we need to Murder. put a rank. Well, they live in reality TV world, so that's the world they live in. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, John Snow and Egret get to be the bottom, and they have to be the bottom because I sacrificed for that. And that's the world you live in. So, they're fourth. 
Okay. So and Phil and Claire are one. And I can, wherever you want. I would do, okay. Who do you think's better? Kylie and Tyga Top. or Courtney and Scott? Toss up because obviously Courtney and Scott have more history. They have four kids together. They clearly loved each other deeply. The thing is, when they weren't good, they were good. But the thing is, his family, her family always hated him because he like never really treated her completely right. Like, But now they love him. Yeah. But when they're not together. They love him when they're not together. Okay, so maybe it goes Phil and Claire, Kylie and Tyga. And to my knowledge, they always liked Tyga, together or not together. So I True. Would, I would only say they, and I think they like, obviously, Scott's more part of their family now, but I feel like... Interesting. I'm actually very interested to see what the Instagram followers will say about these. I, it could go either way, and I'd understand either perspective. Yeah. But the perspective, like, if you didn't like who your daughter and your, like, sister was dating for so long, it's hard to rank them as a couple-wise ahead but person wise they probably like him you know what else i think is also interesting is when we put these so first our our solid rating is phil and claire dumpy from modern family are ringing at number one Mm -hmm. number two is going kylie jenner and tyga from keeping up with the kardashians obviously number three is going courtney kardashian and scott disick from keeping up with the kardashians number four is going Jon snow and egret um coming in last from game of thrones um now it will be interesting to see what the instagram followers think because i feel like we will chat it out they go and they go off impulse and like they don't think too much and like once you lock in your answer it's it's locked in Mm -hmm. so i i'm very interested for next week's episode to see the results i can see my spur of the moment decision being different but thinking it out yeah that's what i would i would for sure say with that ranking okay well stay tuned on instagram i will probably have the post up around monday or tuesday um and we will update have updates at the beginning of next week's episode shout out dan dimitrov for guesting today um he's off to class good luck with that And thank you for listening. As always, DM us any stories you want shared, any COVID things you want shared. Just DM us. We're lonely.